Hello guys, and welcome to my podcast. Today we will be talking about Hinduism. Hinduism is one of the oldest religions of the five major religions, which are Islam, Christianity, Judaism, and Buddhism. India has a whopping population around 1 billion people. No wonder Indian people have spread all over the world to spread their cultures, religions, beliefs, and traditions. There are a lot of religions in India, as India is a very diverse and cultural country. The most popular religions which are believed include Hinduism, Sikhism, Jainism, Islamism, and Buddhism. The most believed religion in India is Hinduism, with 79.8% of the population practicing Hinduism which means almost about 9 million in the world. But what do the people get out of this? How do these cultures, religions, and traditions shape our personal identity? What does it want to teach us? The word Hinduism was first used in the 19th century to present numbers of uh, religious practices and beliefs in India. The word Hindu, or Hindu, was first used by Greeks and Persians to denote the country and people living beyond the Indus River. It is said that the roots of Hinduism originated from the Indus Valley Civilization, which lasted from 2500 to 15,000 BCE. According to the beliefs of the followers, there is no beginning of Hinduism. Hindus called their faith and practice Santana Dharma. Santana means eternal, and Dharma what it means what is right. So Hinduism simply is a way of life or a family of religion. The religion has developed over thousands of years. And so, if we want to know some of, uh, some of its beliefs and traditions, we have to dig into Hinduism even more. Some Hindus describe orthodoxy as compliance with the teachings of the Vedic text. The Vedas are the most ancient religious texts which explain tr- truth for Hindus. They got their present form between the years of 12,000 to 200 BC and were first introduced by the Aryans. The English word for Aryan comes from the Sanskrit word Arya, which was their self-designation for the Vedic Indic people, who migrated to Indian subcontinent around 15,000 BC. Hindus believe that these texts were received from scholars of God and are passed from the next generation by word of mouth. Vedic texts are sometimes called shruti, which means hearing, were passed on for hundreds or maybe even thousands of years. The texts were passed on orally. The Vedas are made up of four compositions, and each Veda has four parts, all arranged chronologically. The Sanghitas. The Sanghitas consist of the most ancient parts of the script, including hymns of praise to God, the Brahmanas. The Brahmanas The Ramanas are the guide to the priests in duties with rituals and prayers. The Aryankas concern about worship and meditation. The Upanishads include mystical and philosophical teachings of Hinduism. The Rig Veda, Samhita, traced back till 12,000 BCE, is the oldest among the four Vedas and include 1,028 hymns praising the ancient god. Yajurveda Samhita, Popularly used by priests as a handbook in performing Vedic sacrifices, Sama Veda Samhita. This involves chants and tunes to sing when sacrifices are held. Atharva Veda Samhita conserves many traditions which were finally 
influenced by pre-date Aryans, which contains a spell, charms, and magical formulae. The word Brahmins may either mean the utterance of Brahman or an exposition on the meaning of a sacred word. Attached to each Sanghita was a collection of explanations and religious rites called Brahmana, which often relied on mythology to present the origins and importance of individual uh, ritual acts. These, these writings should be translated into a uh, forest book. The Aryanka is a later development of the Brahmanas. Aryanka may contain information about secret rites as well as philosophical speculation. The Aryankas are given over secret explanations of the allegorical meaning, uh, meaning of the ritual to discuss the eternal and meditative meaning of the sacrifices. The Upanishads, or connection, were composed in the years through 14,000 BC and also the last part of the Vedas describe philosophy and meditation. The Upanishads is considered as mystical or spiritual contemplation of the Vedas. As we have talked about the Vedas, it will be easier to talk about the concepts of Hinduism. Hinduism is a very complex religion as it does not have a simple set of rules. Local, regional, caste, and community-driven practices influence interpretation and beliefs throughout the Hindu world. Yet a common thread among all these variations are the beliefs in supreme being and adherence to certain concepts such as Atma, Dharma, Varna, etc. And also beliefs of the Vedas which we have talked about. Here are some of the important concepts. Atma. Atma translates to eternal self and refers to the real self beyond ego or false self. It is often mentioned as a spirit or soul designates our true self or essence which underlies our existence. The idea of Atma entails the idea of cells as a spiritual rather than, rather than material being, and it can be said that in this world, a spiritual being, the Atma, has a human experience rather than a human being having a spiritual experience. The understanding of the self as eternal supports the idea of reincarnation in that the same eternal beings can inhabit temporary bodies. Dharma Dharma is a very important factor in Indian religions. In Hinduism, it means virtue, duty, mortality, or even religion. It also refers to the power which upholds the universe and society. Hindus believed the word dharma was first exhibited in the universe and society. Hindus believe that the word Dharma was first exhibited in the Vedas and illustrated in Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is a religious book and Dharma is presented when Arjuna is in the middle of a battlefield for the great battle of Mahabharata and he is confused of why he should fight the battle. Then Lord, and then Lord Krishna, his charioteer, assures him that what he is doing is right and that his duty should be fulfilled or as dharma as a warrior. Dharma is the power which maintains society, makes the flowers bloom, and sunshine. And for people like us, dharma gives us the opportunity to act virtuously. Dharma is universal, but it is particular and works in circumstances, and therefore each person has their own uh, dharma. What is right for a woman may not be right for a man. What is right for an adult may not be right for children. 
correct action in accordance to Dharma is known as to be service for humanity and to God. Varna. An important idea that has developed in classical Hinduism is that Dharma refers to a person's responsibility regarding class, which is Varna, and also stage of life, Ashrama. This is called Varna Ashrama Dharma. Here are the stages from highest to lowest. Brahmins, the intellectuals and the priestly class who performs religious rituals. Kshatriya, nobles or warriors who traditionally had power. Vaishyas, commoners or merchants, uh, people who produce, farm and trade, basically the people who earn a living. Shudras, workers who traditionally serve the higher class, including laborers, musicians, clerks, and artists. The ashramas are four uh, stages of life, and the ashramas are connected with the Varna, and the stages are Brahmacharya, a student where he or she learned the Veda, uh, Grista, householder, in which he or she experiences responsibility and wealth, Varna uh, Prasta, hermit or wilderness dweller. This stage is where he or she retires and takes up the responsibility of practicing pilgrimage and religious observances along with his, her, husband, and wife. Karma and Samsara Karma is a Sanskrit word which literally translates into action. Karma refers to that every action has equal and opposite reaction. This means if your actions are good and virtuous toward Dharma, then you will have a good reaction. Or if you if your actions are bad toward Dharma, then you will have a bad reaction. In Hinduism, karma does not always have to work in this lifetime. It can happen even in other lifetimes. The result of an action might be shown after the present life. It might be shown in a new life. Hindus accept the belief that human be- uh, beings can create good or bad situations for their acts, might uh, reap the rewards of acting in their present life. In the future, human rebirth or reap the reward of action in a heavenly or hell realm, which the self is reborn for a period of time. This process of rebirth is called samsara. It is a continuous cycle where the soul is reborn again and again, according to the law of action and reaction. Many Hindus believe that the soul at death is carried off by a subtle body into a new body, which can be either be human form or non-human form, an animal or a divine being. And the only way we can get out of, uh, of this cycle is moksha, which we will be talking about more broadly. Moksha, also called mukti in Indian philosophy and religion, liberation is a liberation of cycle of death and rebirth, samsara. Derived from the Sanskrit word muk, to be free, the term moksha means freedom from samsara. Liberation is followed by many other religions, including Hinduism, Jainism, and Buddhism. Purusartha. Hinduism, uh, spread a teaching that life uh, has different goals according uh, to the person's stage. Uh, Varna, uh, these goals become codified in the goals of the person or human goals. The Purusarthas, especially in the sacred text called Dharma Shastras, in which the laws of Manu is the most famous.
In the text, there are three goals of life is expressed. Virtuous living or dharma, profit or world success and pleasure. There is also a fourth goal of liberation, was added in a later date. The Purusartha expressed an understanding of human nature and that people have different desires and purposes. Brahman uh, and God. The word Brahman is derived from the Sanskrit, which literally means transcendent power beyond the universe. Sometimes, Brahman can be literally translated into God, though they are not the same concepts. Brahman is a power which upholds and also supports everything. God is believed by most Hindus, but the word meaning varies in different traditions. The Sanskrit word Bhagavan or Ishvara means God or Lord. It specifies an absolute re- reality who sustain and destroy the universes over and over again. Hinduism is a polyistic religious religion, which means the religion uh, believes and worships multiple deities. Most believers in Hinduism believe in a supreme god, whose qualities and form are represented by a multitude of deities who emanate from him. God, being unlimited, also has unlimited forms and expressions. God can be approached in a parental figure, friend, child, ferocious goddess, or even a beautiful woman. Ishita, Deva, is a term to describe God in particular forms, or God-desired form. Many Hindus believe that all the different deities are aspects of a single, transcendent power. In the history of Hinduism, God is seen in many ways as an all-knowing, all-pervading spirit, as a creator and force within all beings, their inner controller, and as wholly transcendent. There, there are two important key concepts of Bhagavan or Ishvara. Bhagavan or Ishvara is an impersonal energy. Ultimately, God is beyond the language, and anything that can be said about God cannot com- capture reality. This teaching is called non-dualism, or Advaita, because it claims there is no difference between the soul and ultimate reality. Bhagavan or Ishvara is human. God can be understood as supreme human with qualities of love and compassion towards human creatures. The, the supreme lord expresses himself through many gods and goddesses. We can know the energy of God, but not his essence. To understand God in this teaching, the best way is devotion, or in Sanskrit, bhakti. For convenience. Hindus are usually classified into three most popular Hindu demonitions, called paramparas in Sanskrit. These are defined by their attraction to a particular form of god called Ishita or Devada. Vaishnava concentrates on Vishnu and his incarnations. The Vaishnavas accept their idea that God incarnates into earth in different forms such as Krishna and Rama in order to restore dharma. This denomination is the most popular out of all the denominations. Shivas focus on Shiva. The Shivas, Siddhanta, follow the traditions and beliefs that Shiva acts five performances of creation, maintenance, destruction, concealing himself, and revealing himself through grace. Then there are Shaktas. 
The focus on the god and the gentle forms such as Lakshmi, Parvati, and Saraswati, and her ferocious forms such as Durga or Kali. Guru. The term Guru and Acharya refers to the same word. Teacher or masters of a tradition. The basic meaning of teacher, the person who teaches through conveys and explains knowledge and wisdom to his or her disciples. The disciples might one day turn into teachers, and so the family continues through generations and generations. Gurus are the most highly revered and can become the focus of dev- uh, dev- devotion. Bhakti. In some traditions, uh, a very important teaching is that spiritual understanding is conveyed in uh, from teacher to disciple to a family when one guru passes away. He or she is mostly replaced by a successor. Now we have learned about the concepts, it will be easier to understand how these concepts of Hinduism build and affect the traditions of the religion. Through time, Indian culture has remained diverse, colorful, and spiritual. The combination of rich tradition and history with family unity and faith make India, India. Things like friendship, worship, art, and even food are treated with high respect due to rich teachings, the Vedas, and beliefs of the religion. Scientific and physical uh, practices are also treated with high respect and also considered as spiritual. Ayurvedic medicine encourages balancing of the life force of a person with the universe as a whole. It's a healthcare medicine which is preferred by 80% of the population. And as for physical practices, the case is yoga. In India, yoga and meditation is recognized for the fusing of mind, body, and spirit for wholeness. However, social problems, uncontrollable poverty, and lack of clean water impact a large chunk of India's population. But that doesn't matter for traditional practices. It has to go uh, on whatever the weather. Places like India... Traditional practices remain alive and even thrive in some of the most abject situations. How Hinduism affects uh, meals in India. Of all the dishes in the world, India has one of the most fragrant and colorful foods. There are varieties of, uh, varieties of Indian dishes, some of which I know and some of which I have never heard of. These dishes have been made from generations and generations. And the recipes are made from the ancestor years ago. Heft volumes of Indian dishes have been written, uh, but we will be talking about everyday foods in India. Basmati rice. Basmati uh, rice, which is steamed, formed in molds, and served in wraps, and often mixed with nuts or onions. Bread. Naan or luchi, all made from floor, uh, flour and chapati made from chickpeas are soft or crispy flatbreads. Dal. Innumerable combination of herbs and vegetables, including lentils, chickpeas, potatoes, and onions, often made with butter-like substance, but brown color called ghee. Curries and spice. Satisfying mixtures of ginger, coriander, cardamom, turmeric, dried hot peppers, and cinnamon, etc. Pod. Pod is leaves of betel plants that is chewed to clean the appetite between courses or after a meal. It is served washed and fresh and wrapped around fragrant spices. 
and I seeds cut the tuna lime paste and with different nuts. Tea. Considered as national beverage since the 4th century. Tea uh, and socializing while enjoying. Uh, uh, tea is part of Indian lifestyle. Darjeeling and Assam are two of the cu- countless varieties. Coffee and yogurt drinks are also popular. Uh, chutney. Thick dressing and spreads made from the herbs like mint, cilantro, from assorted fruits and vegetables like turmeric and tomatoes. Coconut. Coconut used to simmer rice, seafood, and other ingredients and to sweeten or mellow sauces. Meat and seafood fish. Chicken and other. Many do not eat beef because cows, as a Hindu religious, cows are considered sacred creatures. How is the food served on the table? Women, uh, um, women are the main cooks in the family. Another part of Indian cuisine is the way you eat the food. Most people, uh, traditions eat with fork, knife, or spoons, but in India it is very different. People use their hands to eat food. If you are new in India and eat with cutlery, people would stare at you wildly and encourage you to eat with your hands. Food is not the only thing that Hinduism affects. Dressing in the right clothes is also very crucial to Indian traditions. Men and women in India are wrapped and draped according to history and religion, a toti or lungi, which is a loose or short type wrap for men, mostly worn in common rural areas. Women used to wear these types of garments, but their only difference was they had to cover their bodies and heads in cloth, cloth as well. In urban parts of India, men wore long buttoned shirts and loose pants called kurtas or shirwanis. Women wear a huge piece of cloth which is made from cotton or silk and are called saris. You can wear the saris in countless ways, according to where you live. Salwar kameez, the most popular in urban places, is worn with a pant or shirt, which reaches to knees. Hair, jewelry, and also skin are also taken very important in Indian clothing. Indian women apply coconut oil in their hair for quicker growth of the hair. Most Indian women grow their hair to their waist. Both men and women wear jewelry, including from toe rings to necklaces. And also women wear a decorative dot or bindi in their forehead in colors like red or black. Temporary henna tattoos are applied as decoration on hands, feet, and other parts of the body. How Hinduism affects families. Family, faith, and caste are important factors of Hinduism. They shape every aspect of Indian culture from birth till death. Indian society is arranged in the families they're born into where they're uh, where they're born. Individual people inherit their social position and stay with it all their life. Other than just being identified as a part of social caste, most Indian families stay with their family unit for generations and generations, from oldest to youngest, all of them living in the same house or housing complex. Men in a family line often stay with their birth families until their fathers die and they start a family of their own, while women have to leave their birth families after a marriage and start their own family with their husband. Most women in, in, in India leave their homes at a very early age 
and it's found case and locations have a lot to do with the girl's marriage. In 1929, fortunately, Indian law prohibited marriage for girls under 12. But in 1978, the law changed, and, uh, and Indian law prohibited mar uh, uh, forbade marriages for girls under 18. However, some families don't follow the rule and follow all traditions and arrange marriages for girls who are under and after 12. While modern-day India do follow and know the teachings of love and arranged uh, love marriages, the most common practice to follow is where the parents are chosen to find partners for their children. In arranged marriage, they are based on religious beliefs, caste, and also astrology. Once the engagement is fixed, or the bride and groom are promised to each other, often after a financial exchange from the bride's family to the groom's occurs. A series of events are held which involves engagement parties, beauty, rituals, and family meals leading to the marriage celebration, which takes three days to a week. After a, a, a sumptuous feast and expensive decor, the brides are presented in red. Red is known as very lucky and prosperous and is the most tra uh, traditional favor of colors through traditions. Uh, though traditions are changing in different colors like pink, pineapple, yellow, blue, or even purple. And marriages tend to last forever and divorce is not common among Indian mar uh, marriages. And uh, estimated only about 10% of Indian marriages go through divorce. Men and women in India are encouraged not to separate and solve issues even very serious ones, rather than separate or divorce. Most Hinduism people have little choice about their faith uh, they have grown up with. It was selected from, from them at birth by the accident of geography and their parents' culture and moorings. My Hinduism has, uh, was a lived faith experience. It was a Hinduism of experience, upbringing, a Hinduism of observation and conversation. Hindus have no compulsory dogmas. This is rather unusual. A Catholic is a Catholic because he or she believes Jesus was the Son of God who sacrificed himself for a man. A Muslim must believe that there are no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his prophet. A Jew cherishes his Torah or Pentateuch and his Talmud. A Parsi worships a fine temple. Uh, a sheikh honors the teaching of Guru, uh, Guru Granth Sahib, above all else. There is no Hindu equivalent to any of these beliefs. There are no requirements to being Hindu, not even beliefs of God. As a Hindu, I can claim adherence to religion without an established church or priestly papacy, a religion whose rituals and customs I am free to demonstrate by faith at any visible sign, by sunseeming by identity in any collectivity, not even by a specific day or time or frequency of worships. There is no Hindu Pope, no Hindu Catechism, uh, not even a Hindu Sunday.